On this episode, we're going to be looking at a phenomenon of sorts, you know, that's been a large part of North American folklore since the late 1700s. Real or not, this elusive legend has become a cultural icon for diehard believers and at the same time, a hoax to be debunked by the skeptical crowd. You know, those people that don't believe in anything like this, of course. Whether you're a believer or not, one thing that remains true is that the legend of Bigfoot has endured the test of time. So, you know, if you've been living under like a huge rock or something and don't know what Bigfoot is, we're going to explore this legend on this episode of the Bearded Guy podcast, Bigfoot, the Monster in the Woods. It's always enlightening to me and sometimes a bit uh, frightening, if you will, to dig into and explore the history of strange and unusual phenomenon from older times, things that are still reported to this day. I mean, with all of the modern advancements that we have, one would think that all of the old world mysteries would be solved and in the books by now, but not so much, it seems. You know, there's still so much we just don't understand about the everyday mysteries of this world. And this story is no different. I mean, you see, somewhere deep in the woods lives an elusive legend. And although it's known by other names, most everyone calls this creature Bigfoot. But why Bigfoot? Why not the big hairy monster in the woods? I mean, for one, big hairy monster in the woods really doesn't roll off the tongue as easy. And more importantly, the tracks supposedly left by the creature are, are simply enormous with some recorded as large as 24 inches in length by 8 inches in width, hence the name Bigfoot. And people who claim to have seen or found Bigfoot tracks usually document the findings by way of making plaster cast of the tracks in the area that they claim to have seen the Bigfoot. Now, the plaster is poured into the tracks, usually left in the soft, damp ground where a reported sighting had been, and once dried, the cast is extracted for examination and measurements. And of course, they show up for bragging rights. I mean, why wouldn't you? Hey, I found a Bigfoot track, and here it is. <laughs> of course, skeptics always call fake on this argument, uh, that, that the argument being that a real Bigfoot, which is rarely seen or more so never seen, how did you happen upon the tracks in the middle of the woods? You know, random Bigfoot tracks. <laughs> And I mean, of course, this is a valid argument. I mean, people over time have been exposed for using homemade molds with straps to attach their, to their feet. So um, as, they, as they walk around, they do resemble a literal Bigfoot track. <laughs> I mean, some people get a kick out of furthering the legend or having a go at the true believers in the Church of Bigfoot. You know, the funny thing about this I actually know someone who does a lot of hiking and spends a lot of time in the woods. <laughs> One of his favorite pastimes is to walk around in the woods with his homemade Bigfoot molds attached to his feet. But setting aside the, the, the apparent hoaxes and, of course, fakes, that's, that's, people are going to do that. I mean, let's just be honest. People are always going to try to perpetrate something that someone believes in to, one, make a fool of them, or two, expose it as being a hoax. I mean, it's just, that's just what people do. It's kind of like crop circles. We, you see videos all the time of, of how people can manipulate and make crop circles that people say just form overnight. But with some of those, those things are huge. 
And that would take a, a whole army of people to actually do that. But anyways, back to the Bigfoot thing. You know, depending on what part of the world you live in, I mean, or what region or what culture you are, uh, the name changes for Bigfoot accordingly. In the Asian culture, Bigfoot is known as the Yeti. And in the Himalayas, he is known as the Abominable Snowman. Now, Native Americans call it Sasquatch. And in Australia, it's known as Yowie. And in the Amazon, the name is Atmapinguria. Gura. Guri. Gura. Something like that. I can't pronounce that. For some reason, that word just escapes me. You know, given that there are many cultures and regions of the world where the creature has been sighted and documented, you have to ask the question, maybe there's something to this. Or maybe it's just that everyone wants to get in on the action <laughs> and create their own version of Bigfoot. I tend to believe there's something to this. Now, whether it's a, you know, an actual mythical creature, Bigfoot, or, you know, something paranormal or something that we just can't explain. I think there's something to it. What that is, I don't really know. You know, I always remember my first exposure to the legend of Bigfoot. And, and this happened during most of my misspent youth, uh, which was actually spent believing in unbelievable things like this, this legend of Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, as most of my, uh, as a child, most of my Saturday afternoons were spent watching the television show In Search Of. Now, I don't know if you remember that show or not, but it was hosted by the one and only Leonard Nimoy. I mean, he could take something so mundane and with that voice and with that delivery make you just be in awe and like, oh, wow, you know, it would draw you in. Now, that show was the absolute best at the time. And, of course, from time to time, there would be a special episode about Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or some other far-out-there phenomenon that would always draw me in hook, line, and sinker. I mean, I was mesmerized. I was glued to the television watching this show. You know, and during these episodes, there would always be the interview footage of an eyewitness. Now, what was, what was funny to me and what struck me about these now as an adult, it was always somebody from a rural, rural community, and they were discussing their encounter with the creature, and then it always led to someone showing off a cast that had been made by the person that actually happened upon the place, the very place where the Bigfoot had actually been sighted. Of course, now there were also interviews from uh, those from the scientific community that would actually get into the action, you know, by showing off display cases with a cast or two that had, that had actually been made uh, from some recent expedition to hunt down the elusive Bigfoot, you know, and discussing the reasons for the very real possibility of the creature that had made these tracks. You know, sadly, though, each episode ended with no real resolution to the question, does Bigfoot actually exist? And you'd always have to wait for that next episode and hoping that someone would find definitive proof about the existence of Bigfoot. Now, after this short break, we're going to come back and we're going to look at some of the other characteristics of the creature. So stick around. We'll be right back. So you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to begin to make your dream podcast a reality. Well, there is a way to get your idea out to a listening audience. It's fast, simple, and it's one-stop shopping for all of your podcasting needs. It's Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. And Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. 
No fancy software needed. Anchor's creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so that your end result is professional sounding and ready to share with the world. Also, at no cost to you, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Also, you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So welcome back. Now, up to this point, we've been describing one of the major characteristics of course, Bigfoot, which are big feet. I mean, that's how it really got its name. Let's think about it. I mean, but this is not the only defining characteristic of the creature. I mean, those that claim to have encountered Bigfoot in one way or another, you know, all of these reported sightings are consistent with some slight variations, of course. And what I found through researching this is that the variations tend to be based on geographical locations of the reported sightings. Now, this is not so much a personal preference as to what each individual wants their Bigfoot to look like, but really it's a matter of geographic location. As an example, most reported sightings coming out of the southern states, and Georgia sticks out in my mind, is the creature is being described as reddish in color. Now, most of all the reported sightings in the Pacific Northwest, of course, describe the creature as mostly black or brownish in color. Now, I have this image of what a Yeti looks like. It's flowing white, matted hair. (laughs) Is flowing matted hair even possible? I mean, let's be honest. Let's just look at normal life, everything that we do in our day-to-day activity. Eyewitness accounts, they're going to be varied because it's human nature to misremember or to have hazy recall of all the details when we have experiences that are either scary or, or get our heart racing or things that we just can't explain. But even with all the differences in eyewitness recollection, there are some constants that stay the same through each reported sighting. The first and foremost is that it's large and muscular. There's been some speculation as to what a Bigfoot actually weighs, and some people say it's up to 500 pounds. Now, I don't know unless you've actually got a Bigfoot on the scale. How are you actually going to know that? And I think maybe they base that on just the depth of the tracks found. I don't know. Again, that's, that's mere speculation to me. Now, they also say that it's bipedal and upright with characteristics of an ape. And the height of the creature is usually reported to be six to nine feet tall. And again, although the hair coloring varies, most all reported sightings are either black, brown, or reddish in color. And to my knowledge, there are no other variations, unless you count that Yeti, that white flowing matted hair. (laughs) And also reported with every sighting is that there is a foul smell in the air, so now we know like the basic characteristics of Bigfoot, but, but what does it sound like? What is it that people hear when they're in the woods or wherever they are when they encounter this Bigfoot creature? I mean, these sounds are, are varied. People, people have very different um, um, recollections of what the Bigfoot sound is. Some of it they describe as a hooping sound. Some of it are like uh, unearthly screams that they hear or howls that they hear. I mean, but most all variations are that something they can't explain is the noise that they're hearing. Now, this could be attributed to anything that lives in the woods. I mean, think about it. When you hear, uh, like, foxes or coyotes in the wild making noise, it freaks you out the first time you hear it because you don't know what it is. Now, that doesn't say that or doesn't mean that Bigfoot is not real and that these, these, these howls or noises 
or from other animals. It could very well be from a Bigfoot, but I mean, who knows? That's that's the thing. Until we actually catch that on tape, like an, a, a videotape, and not an audio recording, but an audio with video, I think we'll always be questioning what exactly does Bigfoot sound like. Now, if you're really curious, you can go on YouTube, and there's there's tons of videos, you know, of people making recordings of things that they don't understand what they're hearing. And it does sound pretty eerie with some of these. So I can imagine being in the dark woods or being camping or just being out in the woods, period, and you hear sounds like this, it's going to strike a little bit of fear and terror into you. I mean, there's no way around that, especially if you're miles away from any civilization. Now, Bigfoot sightings are not just isolated to one part of the United States or the other. Now, there are a lot of sightings from one end of the one end of the U.S. to the other, from Alaska all the way to Wyoming. Now, the Pacific Northwest does see a higher number of reported sightings, and some claim that it's because of the climate. It, it's favorable to a Bigfoot actually living there. Now, two of the the most recent Bigfoot sightings that are near and dear to me are two that happened in the state of Georgia. Uh, now, there was one Bigfoot sighting on 520 of 2019 between Ella J and the Blue Ridge Mountains. And the report says that it was still light out and the driver braked when he saw what he described was a very dark, seven to eight foot tall, hairy, two-legged creature with a pointed head. And it walked along the shoulder of the road and then disappeared into the woods. And he says the arms were very long, and it walked with the arms extended from its side. The other reported sighting in Georgia was in Rabin County near Clayton. Now, a man claims that he was on his way to work, and it was early in the morning, and then he saw what he thought was a Bigfoot out in an open field near a branch where he knew there to be trout in this branch. Now, he got out of his truck to get a better view of the reported Bigfoot, and once that he once he did that, the creature saw him and then moved back into the woods out of his sight. You know, that's, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. A, a Bigfoot is far south as Georgia. Of course, there are reported sightings in Florida and other places in the southern region, but Bigfoot sightings seem to be on the rise again. And it's not, you know, like we stated earlier, in the 1970s, that was the height of the frenzy for Bigfoot. So with more and more sightings happening, I mean, it leads to the question, why did Bigfoot cross the road? To get to the other side, of course. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, it does bring into question, is Bigfoot making a resurgence? Are the sightings increasing as the years go on. You know, the 70s were the height of the frenzy for the Bigfoot phenomenon, but it seems that over the course of the past few years, Bigfoot sightings are on the rise again, and it, and, and it makes you wonder why. Bigfoot, honestly, is a, a, a pop culture phenomenon. I mean, let's, let's look back to the movies that were made about this subject and about Bigfoot. There was Bigfoot in 1970. In 1971, there was The Geek, and in 1972, The Legend of Boggy Creek. Now, I remember The Legend of Boggy Creek vividly because it was the time of the old drive-in movies. You would go there, and you would have the speaker that hung on the inside of the window, and I remember my father taking me to this to see this movie, and it scared me to death because I was a child at the time, and I saw this movie in all its glory at the drive-in, and I was thinking, oh man, what if something like that actually tried to get me? Now, in 1976, there were Mysterious Monsters. 
The Creature from Black Lake in 1976 as well. Snow Beast in 1977. Sasquatch, The Legend of Bigfoot in 1977. And Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 1977. Not sure what that's got to do with Bigfoot, though, but... Hmm. 1978 brought us the curse of Bigfoot, and 1979 brought us the capture of Bigfoot. So as you can see, there have been so many films and numerous documentaries made about Bigfoot itself. Now look at commercials. Think of, um, there's a brand of beef jerky out there right now that produces a series of commercials entitled Messing with Sasquatch. You know, and, and it's done in a comical way, but again, it's pop culture, it's the phenomenon. It's using Bigfoot to sell a product. In the Pacific Northwest, I mean, there's there's tourism events like the annual Sasquatch Days. You know, and, and this has been going on for several years. And in British Columbia and the Oregon Big, Bigfoot Festival have held in Troutdale, Oregon, which draws thousands of people every year from all over the United States. So again, Bigfoot is a pop culture phenomenon, is growing. You know, there's, there's been songs written about Bigfoot. There's been television shows that feature Bigfoot. You know, one of them that sticks out to me is The Six Million Dollar Man. Now, <laughs> I don't know if you remember The Six Million Dollar Man, but boy, as a, as, a, as a little man wanting to be a bionic dude, man, I was all over that. And there were several episodes and stories with the bionic man and the bionic woman <clears throat> featuring a Bigfoot, which was created by advanced aliens. Hmm, reminds me of another podcast I've been talking about. <laughs> the, the creature Bigfoot, I think, is going to be around for a long time. I mean, just the reported sightings and the resurgence of the craze for Bigfoot and all of the ways that he's being used just in our, our present day-to-day life and our commercials in the movies and even people write songs about Bigfoot. You know, we have festivals celebrating Bigfoot, so... I think he's going to be around for a while. I think he's not going anywhere. True or not, we, we've latched on to the legend of Bigfoot. We, we, we've, we've glommed onto it. It's ours. You know, we want to hang on to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, having something like that. The thing that, that, that really surprises me the most, though, is how Bigfoot is portrayed in, um, you know, commercials and TV and movies. And Harry and the Hendersons was a comedy about Bigfoot. I mean, think about it. You know, much like many of our other um, old world monsters, we've romanticized Bigfoot to the point where uh, it's in complete and total contrast to people's experiences or people's sightings with Bigfoot. Now, there's not been a reported, um, I don't want to say a bad interaction with a Bigfoot, nothing of a violent nature, nothing of an attack type nature. But you know the experiences that people, when they hear that that howl or that whoop in the woods of an of a Bigfoot or, or a perceived Bigfoot, it's a scary thing. If you again go back and listen to some of the videos on YouTube of people's actually recording some of the stuff they've heard, you know, in the woods late at night. <laughs> so I don't know where you land on the Bigfoot thing. I don't know where you what you think about Bigfoot. I, I think there's something there. I think it's. I think it's an unexplainable thing. I think it's one of those mysteries in life that we'll always have with us and that we'll never get to the truth of. Bigfoot real or not, that's for you to decide. I mean, again, as always on the Beardy Guy podcast, we want you to determine what truth is for yourself. We want you to take some of the information that's given here and 
Hopefully that scratches your curiosity and makes you want to go out there and explore a little bit further and know a little bit more about the subjects we talk about here. So in this episode, we've really just scratched the surface of, of Bigfoot, the history and some of the some of the stuff that goes on in the Bigfoot culture, if you will. Bigfoot culture, that's a, that's a good word for it. The Bigfoot culture. Hang on to that one. So we might explore this topic again at some point on, on this podcast. I think it, there's a lot more information there. There's a lot more fun stuff that goes along with the legend of Bigfoot. So I hope you've enjoyed this brief little look at the history of Bigfoot, and I hope you join us on future episodes. And coming up in the month of October, we're starting a new series on the Bearded Guy podcast, the series of scary stories. So if you've got a scary story or a scary experience you'd like for me to put out there for the world to hear, please send it to me at beardedguypodcast at gmail.com. That's beardedguypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to read your scary story. Whether it's original or just an experience you've had, I'd love to put that out there for the world to hear. So I thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us for another episode. And I do appreciate you, the listening audience. So for the Bearded Guy Podcast, I'm your host, Scott Winters. And until next time.